Hi, my name is Dominique, and together with my team, we produce the content for our weekly Swisspreneur episodes. I hope you enjoyed today's show. One of our fundamentals is, is also kind of having respect from the past, but, but passion for the future. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. Fabrice, a very warm welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about building a brand as a startup. And I would like to start with the common mistakes that you see Swiss startups making repeatedly when it comes to that topic. I think very important when you build a brand, it's, it's almost the same as if you kind of trying to create a character. So if you think about a person, you kind of like people that have a certain edge, a certain way, a certain look, and um, at the end also a certain character what they stand for, what they don't stand for. So having an opinion is very important. And it's basically the same when you build a brand. So I think it's very important to be clear about what you want, to be clear about who you want to be. And uh, it's just nice when you can do that from the beginning on. Do you have any recommendations about how companies or also the people behind the company, I guess, can find out what they really want and you know what's really important to them, what they want to stand for. Um, at the end, it has a lot to do with the how, what, and why. And uh, but it's not it's not really something you need to have from the beginning. Okay. Usually, when you start a business, it's about a, a strong and strong idea, maybe a, a specific purpose, and you need to try to emphasize this purpose into a specific character that can help you kind of sell the idea uh, or build up a strong, a strong background, a strong, um, if it's a service, if it's a product, um, basically a, a strong kind of perspective to look at it. And, you know, many startups, they orient themselves and look at the big startups in the United States, for example, and then try to adapt the branding from there and just, try to copy-paste that to a certain degree. Copy-pasting? I, I mean, nothing against copy-pasting, but it's it's rather, um, I think it's quite nice to look around to understand how others do it. But I think most important is always kind of, why don't you take the, the best out of it and make it your own? And and somehow like this, I, I think you can you can create something that is better than anything else out there because you have it one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, there's no need to recreate the same. Absolutely. And, and how do you actually do that when you get inspiration from other startups? And then how do you actually create and start thinking about your own brand? That's not so simple. I know. That's why um, I ask you the pro. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually, um, I think, especially when you come from tech background um, or engineering it's it's always kind of hard and difficult to 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 create a world that is aesthetically somehow appealing um and and i think i always kind of suggest to have um, at least a sparring partner from this kind of section even having an investor coming from um a smart investor um 
coming from uh, some kind of branding background is always kind of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or friends, you want to be, uh, you want to have them being part of the board, being part of um, um, the mentorship or something, or just having a, somehow a connection to an agency that can provide somehow the help that you need uh, to create it. Because at the end, it's it's nothing that um, has to be uh, part of the company itself. It can also be kind of a partnership with a third party. Got it. I mean, at VIEW, what we had from the beginning was always kind of this this perfect fit from business and, and, and design. So we were quite keen and strong on, on creating this this strong character, strong brand, and, and having also kind of this very strong angle to look at the business. And you also said that the brand is not something that you need to have there from the beginning. Is there a certain time when you say, okay, after that time point of a company, you actually need to have a brand. But before that, it's more optional. I think, uh, you know, there's always at the the beginning, you you know, you always need the proof of concept. So in this phase, I think it's not really, it's not that thing that makes a difference. But the proof of concept um, is kind of this phase where you really need to see, can 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 it work? Can I make it happen? And if you have it, if you want to grow into something that is going to be present, then for sure, make the next step and move on and, and, and try to create this character, creating this, this kind of uh, personality. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully at a certain point, it just works on its own. And do you have any recommendation how you can actually get to that perfect spot in the gray area? Is there anything that you can do to, to help the journey to, to really end there as a result? At the end, it's always the teamwork, right? Um, if you have the perfect team that can somehow, everyone has its own specific playground to move on. And if as a team, you kind of trust each other and, and you, you try to work into the specific vision and everyone tries to stick to that vision and to the path, I think, um, you know, there's, there's, no need to adapt. It's, it's somehow, it's, it's something that goes instantly in the right direction. But I think most important is the team fit. So if, if, if the founder team and also kind of the, the, the next management members um, create a strong drive, a strong power and, and, um, and uh, force, uh, you can go quite far. And now talking about the view brand, you know, from your perspective and your experience, what are actually the different parts that make up a brand? What do you need to talk about to really set up the right way in order to cre- to create this overall brand? I mean, in, in in general, creating a brand always needs to follow either a mission or a purpose. Mm-hmm. Ideally, you have somehow both. But um, mission is rather financially. Uh, purpose is, as, a, as the word says, um, you can change somehow the world to a certain extent. Okay, so we have the accessibility, we have the mission, we have the, the purpose. Anything else you need to build the brand that you need to take care of? I think uh, a good CI, good logo, uh, a simple word. Um, just like view is obviously coming from the English view. Uh, has different meanings. Uh, also, business term VIU is value in use. 
which is also quite funny. Uh, Viu is in different languages, like in Portuguese is Caraviu. Um, have you seen it? And uh, Viu for us was also quite um, a nice thing to play with because it has the symmetry. It has the, the V and the U that are kind of volume um, letters. And in the middle, you have the, the I being the symmetry. But I think logo itself, that, that's the thing that it's always nice when it looks appealing. But, but the name of the brand should be instant. You know, something that you can just remember. Nothing complicated. Ideally, a few letters. Um, not two or three words um, makes it much more easier. You can you can build a very short um, name and having a claim attached to it, just like what we do as view viu framing characters, somehow explaining what we do. And uh, one specific part I wanted to um, integrate into the logo, if you look at it closely, it represents what we do in business cut out the middleman. It's basically cutting out all the connections that you don't need to still being able to read it, which is quite, you know, it's just representative for what we do, but it's nothing that we um, usually tell. I mean, you can tell that there was so much thinking behind mm -hmm. the brand and, and how you actually came up with it. I, I just wonder, you know, if, if another startup, which is not there where, where you are with you with such a strong brand that is also very well known and well received, what was like the gap of how you can actually get there, the, the process behind that? I know this is a super difficult thing to ask, answer, but I'm just wondering what are like the toolkits or the steps that a startup can take to get at least close to where you are with you to create such a strong brand? I think it's, it's really important to create something that is just, doesn't need to be unique, but it needs to be um, very specific and uh, needs to be approached holistically. You know, it's just, not, not just a certain part, but look at it as a full system that you need to create. And the system for startups, I think is just very important to, you know, once you have the purpose or the mission or both, try to create a great name, try to create a system, how you approach things. Um, and usually what is not bad is to having, if you want to show something, having good pictures and not just... Uh, um, just some done by your own. It's it's very good to invest in in good pictures. Hundred yeah. percent. Can we talk about how you actually created that system or how it's chosen in practice? I think uh, your store in Basel is a beautiful example about how you have your system, but also frame the specific character of the building that you're in and the the history of of the whole area there. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what we did in stores is, is also one of the best examples of how you combine design and business. It's, it's about creating something that is somehow controllable in cost, but somehow also adaptable in material and color and size, because size is ultimately the biggest difference uh, from all the stores. And as our system is consisting of just um, a grid, that is being CNC'd in different materials. Uh, we always have the same uh, layer, um, the, the same core layer, which is MDF, and, and we have the different uh, materials and colors and whatever being laminated to it. And this is all CNC'd. 
So we can, we can, we have a wide range of um, walls like uh, real stone, real slate. We have wood, metal. We're always trying to do, um, to keep it um, honest and, and real. So we're always trying to use real materials and not just fake ones. So when you see wood, it's actually really wood. And it's not just a, a cover. And um, I think, um, yeah, one, one of the, the Basel, the story you mentioned in, in Spallenberg, is, um, you know, it's just one of those ones where I, I see kind of uh, very nicely um, and strongly what we're trying to do. It's also there. Um, one of our fundament, fundaments is, is also kind of having respect from the past, but, but passion for the future, which is, which is just um, extremely important. And having those two things combined um, in, in Basel is we're having a space from 1401. Um, so it's from medieval times. And um, so when we took over, we kind of trashed everything that was inside until we came back to those original um, ceilings and walls and they were still there. And so we were trying to to somehow um, clean them up, renovate those. And we worked with the heritage department and uh, with them together, we recreated the whole ceiling, recreated the original color. And we, we kind of used the whole color for all the walls and, and the floor. And as um, kind of one of those modern um, complementary uh, materials, we used aluminum for our system walls because aluminum for me is really like um, the one thing from the 20th century that just brought us humanity quite a big step forward. And it's just a, quite nice to see those two worlds, so medieval time and and uh, aluminum being put together and it creates kind of a nice nice friction uh which i usually usually try to 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 find in stores and also a nice and and, and very strong message that you also send with that right mm -hmm. on top of it how I, i can imagine that there's also a certain trade-off that you have to make you know to a certain degree you ha you are very driven by your own personal story and maybe also your personal frustration and problem that you want to solve But at the same time, you might also realize that your target group, your target client is a different group. Yeah. So how do you balance that? Should your brand be more driven by your target group or your most important target group or more by your personal story? Or how would you address that? Is it, mm, it's not really about the personal story. I think it's, it's about, you, you could also build a brand on just um, customer segmentations. But I think it's quite sad to be defined by others. You know, it's, it's quite, it's quite clear that to exist somehow, to be seen out there, you need to be your own. Um, um, and ideally, um, like creating your own specific world that is, um, however you look at it from online or physical or I don't know where, um, just needs to represent the same thing. Most important. Because exactly, um, it's actually two things I was um, trying to achieve: um, the highest consistency that is um, 
possible with consequence. Consistency, consequence is the most important thing. And uh, combining those two together, you're extremely strong and you, you try to always tell the same story because um, this is the way how um, people remember. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example how you actually execute that in, in practice, in daily life? Eyewear is something you can approach by building up a, um, a, let's say, building up a collection or exchanging the collection every season. If you're extremely fashionable, it's number two. If you're trying to be as ecological and economical as possible, it's number one. And it's actually the only way how it makes sense. And I think it has to be quite awful to kind of think that you're not worth staying there. You know, I, th- I think it's, it's quite amazing and quite strange. You know, it's, it's this, um, the least thing I would do. I said, try to be, try to create something that is consistent then stays there um, as long as possible if it is ecological to a certain degree. I think that's a fascinating comparison to make. Yeah, because all the other things don't make any sense. Now, I know this will be, again, a a pretty difficult question, but if you had to give a tech startup, you know, as we mentioned several times now, uh, a five-step plan, for example, to build a brand. I know it's (laughs) super difficult and very, you know, on the surface, but if you had to give them five steps in order to get started, what would you say, tell them? I would say like for the proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Simple name. Simple messaging, but make the message quite clear. Number three is um, work on your core audience and try to create a whole language that is around that visually and, and speaking and, and spoken and written. Uh, then create those worlds that somehow connect and number five is um, I mean if you can't do it on your own which usually is the case uh, try to work with specialists that that help you somehow it's usually it's not like a big big investment is one of the smallest one because it's it's proof of concept is step one and from then on um you can always uh, improve. Where do you find these experts? Is there like any address that you would recommend to go? It really depends on what kind of uh, business you're trying to build. But for tech, I would say like, um, as I said already a few times, try to connect with the people that you know do a great job in what they do. And, 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 and um, usually there is a great way to also... Um, somehow step into their network and, and connect there with the right people. Also did that uh, a few times in the past. I had a few agencies that always know they're doing great jobs. And if I saw there's an opportunity of two, uh, of a startup and an agency connecting, um, I just tried to connect those and uh, worked out a few times and they're still collaborating that way. So. I think you, you don't need to be experts yourself. Just try to connect with the ones that you know or just even the ones that you think they're doing a great job. Write them. Um, I'm quite sure you get an answer. Uh, go by 
um, present yourself. And I think there's always a solution somehow. So before we conclude with the episode, I think these were some very practical tips. I have some short rapid fire questions prepared mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to go? Hopefully. Apple or Android? Apple. Just design wise or other reasons? I think they're just doing a great job because they kind of put human interaction first. Again, based on a good product, right? Yeah. Strong product. Yeah. Design or production? There's actually not one without the other. <laughs> so uh, it has to be both. No choice. Yeah. No. Where do you actually go to think? Oh, it happens all the time because I actually don't have time to go somewhere. <laughs> it's really, you know, it's, I actually learned, I don't need to find inspiration somewhere. It happens all the time. And usually it happens in everyday life when you, usually I, I um, there's a lot of process going on when I'm on the way to work or on the way back to work. So being in movement and looking at other people, I, I really like to look at other people, how they behave and what they do. And the last one for you today is experience or expertise. I think ex experience is a bit deeper. Expertise is, is usually something you're trying to learn. And, and experience is something you learn by doing or just by um, having it happening. Um, I think that's great. You know, it's just, uh, it's also something that is a bit more intuitive and, and, uh, I think makes you also react more the right way than the wrong way. Awesome. It's interesting because Peter chose, uh, the expertise on that yeah. topic. So that's it. I can imagine that this is a good uh, summary of your discussions that you have between the fusion of business and design. We had a lot in the past, but in the meantime, we, we, you know, we, we know each other quite well. So we almost know exactly what the other one is going to say. You know, we're still working together because we somehow respect each other, highly respect each other. Um, and at the same time, we, we always try to, to challenge, um, everyone because, because, um, it's the only way to, to move forward. That's it with the questions. Thank you so much for your time and the yeah, input, Fabrice. It was and, a pleasure talking to you. Just saying, if you need help, always reach out to people. What would be the best way to contact you? Um, email. I don't know. Um, Instagram is also quite an easy, easy tool, easy platform um, to connect. Perfect. So now you'll get a couple of messages after this podcast. Again, thank you so much for your time and for the input and all the best for the future, Fabrice. Thanks. Likewise. Before you go, just a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode was brought to you by SBB Startup. The Swiss Railways recently launched their own startup program. If you think that your company or your idea is a good fit to the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them at sbbstartup.com. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. Stay connected with the Swisspreneur community through our LinkedIn and Instagram profiles. Make sure to subscribe to our show on whatever podcast platform you're using. See you next week.
for a brand new episode of The Swisspreneur Show. 